0: Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders, learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi everyone, this is Pat Sherlock and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is Who are the future borrowers? The Mortgage Ready Report. This is such an important report for mortgage bankers, and I have the perfect expert to share the insights regarding this report, and that's Cindy Waldrum. Cindy is Vice President of Research and Analytics at Freddie Mac and Single Family. Cindy has had a long career at Freddie Mac in many different positions, and I'm so thrilled to have her today. Hi,
1: Cindy. Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm excited about this topic for sure, but before we talk about it, let's uh, kind of share a little bit about how you got into mortgage
1: banking. Sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure anybody goes and says I'm going into mortgage banking, so actually my husband um, got me involved. So I was working at a financial services company in Minneapolis as a systems analyst, and um one of the uh, systems I supported was mortgages. So he decided my husband uh, to go to freddymack.com uh, to the job fair, and he passed my resume on to many, many people as he could. Um, and cause I was gonna move to DC to marry him. So I started interviewing at Freddie and my first job was in multifamily finance. Um, then I had um, other positions in financial research, mission modeling, um, and now in the mission and community engagement. I actually thought I'd be at Freddie maybe for three years, and wow, now it's um, almost 24 years later.
0: Time flies, that's for sure. So talk about and share with our listeners, I know you've had many different mentors in your career. Who was the most important? What impact did they have on you?
1: Yeah, I've been very fortunate in my career to have many mentors, and everyone has been instrumental, but Um, Two really stand out to me. Um, One uh, is Peter Zorn. He's an economist that I worked for for many years. Um, He really taught me to be careful with data and to become a data storyteller, which I think is one of the most important things. Um, He stressed that how you visually present data matters because if your audience can't understand it, then it doesn't have value. Uh, Second, I would say Bob Chen was one of my uh, mentors that stick out to me. He was an executive at Freddie, and he really taught me strategy, leadership skills, and most important, perspective. I'm just really thankful for their guidance, advice, and um, more important, their friendship.
0: Well, that certainly is terrific, and certainly it's great that you have so many mentors in your career. So talk about
1: the challenges in your current position. Uh, yeah, so what I would say more currently is the environment um, with rising interest rates, inflation, housing supply at an inadequate an at inadequate levels, excuse me, and negative macroeconomic conditions. It's making affordability um, very challenging for the borrower of the future. And then uh, secondly, I would say, which probably is surprising, is data. So data is always a challenge. Even though we have a lot of data at Freddie Mac to help drive decisions, there still is not that one perfect data set to understand all the risks, challenges, and opportunities. Um, We still need to connect the dots and the different data sets that we have to understand the data story that's going on. Uh, Lastly, I would say the industry. It's a challenge because more work needs to be done to simplify the home lending process and really reduce costs for lenders, counselors, borrowers, and others.
0: Well, that certainly is our challenge for sure. So talk about and share with our listeners about the trends that you see in mortgage banking that uh, you think maybe mortgage bankers need to be really more focused on.
1: Well, I think they're aware of this, but what I would say is something to really focus this year on is inflation, inflation, inflation. Um, It's really what's driving. Um, It will determine where the macro economy goes in 2023. Um, We're already seeing decrease in originations due to the economy and affordability. In fact, MBA's forecast is just a little under 2 billion overall in 2023. Um, we're also seeing layoffs, um, outsourcing. These are signs of uh, the recession. Overall, I believe the industry, I think, will we'll see more innovation and in technology to really drive business and lower cost. The pandemic, um, I think, was a catalyst. And now that the, with the, the economy the way that it is, the industry really needs to continue to use digitized tools and technology to better understand and, and modernize uh, housing industry.
0: Well, that's a great segue into our topic today. Uh, and that's the Mortgage Red Report, which I think is a fabulous report that every mortgage banker should read. Um, so, could you summarize the major
1: findings of the Mortgage Ready Report? Sure. Um, first, let, let me better understand sort of what we were doing. Um, we are trying to better understand who the borrower of the future is. And I want to give a credit to Jaya Day on my team. She, she's the economist that leads the research that we've done. So we really focused on, uh, we got all credit visibles in the United States to better understand sort of who are the future borrowers. And we put them into three different categories that are an academic in nature. And we put them into a mortgage-ready, near-ready, and not currently mortgage-ready. And the mortgage-ready, we said that they would have a credit score of like 661 or greater, debt-to-income less than 25, uh, no foreclosures or bankruptcies in 24 months, and no severe delinquencies in 12 months. Our data did not allow us to identify individuals that had a home without a mortgage. And so we said uh, that the individuals needed to be 45 years or um, younger. Um, Going forward now, this isn't a data constraint for us. So we won't have to do that age. The near mortgage ready, um, we put into a credit score of 600 to 660. Um, And then if you didn't fit into those, you went into the not currently mortgage ready. So the contribution that I think we had was nobody's really um, quantified who those borrowed the futures are. And so with this, with the mortgage ready, we now know there's uh, currently as of January 2023, there are 38.2 million mortgage ready individuals. And we were also able to segment uh, those out. And so for instance, we know that there, for Black Americans, there's 3.1 million. Uh, Latino Americans, we know that there is 8 million. And the AAPI community, there is 4.4. Unfortunately, with a lot of the, um, the macroeconomic variables that I, I talked to you about, Pat, we do see when we did this, um, looked at the mortgage ready, the near ready, um, and not quite ready, we saw that the not quite ready went up a little bit. And each of the mortgage ready within the different uh, race uh, groups that I discussed, they all went down, even non-Hispanic whites. So more work needs to happen uh, currently in sort of getting um, individuals mortgage ready. Um, But if I'm to summarize, so now that we kind of put together sort of like what is, who are the mortgage ready? If we summarize, we really wanted to, um, to be able to know um, what that ecosystem of the bar of the future looked like. We wanted to know what, you know, where they lived, was it mortgage ready? You know, what is the housing stock there? So affordability we know is an important barrier for ownership. And it really varies so tremendously by geography and over time. It can also drive the composition of recent homeowners, such as minorities, which I just talked about. However, um, I think accurate measurement of affordability can help us to gauge um, opportunity for future homeowners and identify solutions to bridge minority homeownership gaps. This is why we created our first-time home buyer affordability map. It's a tool to evaluate affordability of future borrowers based on their credit characteristics and income distribution at the local geographic level. So what does it do? It compares the income distribution of potential future first-time home buyers. And those are who we're calling mortgage ready. To income distribution of recent first-time home buyers. So, for example, our tool assumes that a mortgage-ready consumer with um, 80000 dollars income can afford a home recently purchased by first-time home buyer with the same or even the um, or lower income level. Our paper that you're talking about, the report, highlights how to understand and use the tool the report and tools contribution does not just look at the overall affordability, but drills down by various metro areas, has the ability to flesh out relative affordability by income, race across metro areas, as well as income. So for example, if you look at all income uh, borrowers or borrowers of the future, The Midwest and southern cities are overall more affordable than the coastal ones. However, if you go more narrow to the low to moderate income, in many southern cities now no longer look as, um, as good as their counterparties did in the coastal cities or even some of the Midwest. So looking more narrow and drilling down allows you to better understand affordability challenges and opportunities. Um, for those geographies or for the different races um, and ethnicities. We are also able to look at affordable trends over time, looking at the geographic areas um, that narrow to, And we have additional local level information for each Metro, such as the mortgage ready counts, time to save for a down payment, and the housing stock where they live. And lastly, we are able to segment the affordability map by year, income group, and race. We wanted to give the industry a tool that they could use uh, to identify opportunities to create sustainable housing for the Bar of the future and close the home ownership gap.
0: Well, it certainly is a fabulous tool. I I have actually used it myself and it's actually wonderful for sure. Talk about the fact that the report was done in July of 2021 and obviously interest rates have moved up. Um, What are your thoughts on what you found and uh, when you completed it versus today?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Pat. So while um, we're updating the data to capture the latest affordability trends due to the interest rate hikes, Um, the relative affordability that the map has um, won't really change that much. This is because interest rates increased across all geographies. Um, But now if you look at absolute affordability, we do see some affordability challenges. And uh, that's when you look and, and drill down into the map, you'll see more of the absolute affordability. So, for example, We looked at affordability across income levels for the borrower of the future. We looked at the amounts that they could afford. Uh, We did like a 3% down payment, a 30 year mortgage based on PMMS. And then we compared it with our home value estimator data to see what the median house cost. Um, So overall, the results show that in July of 2021, is when if we look at income for the 50% AMI individual um, or less, the um, borrower of the future can't afford the medium house. Um, And this is overall. So when you drill down to the various geographies, you will see some affordability or even more challenging affordability. Now, if you look at the LMI, which we say 80% AMI or less, That hits um, about March of 2022, where um, it's no longer like their incomes can't afford the budget. If you look at all incomes, it was around summer of 2022, where the budget goes um, higher and then sort of lower. It kind of um, pivots a little bit. Um, And again, You'll find geographies where this is true or untrue for, uh like it's more affordable, right? So if you look at the middle income, that's where we see sort of the opportunity. Uh, we're calling middle income um, borrowers of the future around the 80 to 140 AMI. They still can afford a median house overall. And so this is where we're seeing a lot, a lot of the opportunities that we that were for the, for the borrower of the future.
0: So what are your comments, Cindy, on the updating of this uh, analysis? And is this an ongoing process for you?
1: Yeah, so we got such great feedback uh, from uh, others when we're showing the tool that um, there was a demand for us to keep updating this. And so we've looked at the different, the, the methodology and a way that we can have this because it was a lot of work for the first time. And so we're trying to have it more automated so that we can do this. Um, we're targeting a launch date of Q2. So hopefully around May, June timeframe. And we'll post it on freddymac.com. We're hoping to have this um, an ongoing, and so twice a year to be able to update it. And so you can find this, the, the tool that we currently have, um, it's called Freddie Mac First-Time Homebuyer Affordability Map a novel approach to measure affordability for future borrowers. That's where the report is and then the tool you can drill down. We're hoping to put this um, potentially in uh, the Office of the Chief Economist, the research group. So more to come where we're actually gonna post it, but that's the launch. And we've kind of had a soft launch. We're hoping to do um, more advertisement and get out the word uh, for, for all the industries to be able to utilize it more.
0: Well, that's all great to hear for sure. But in the report, as you know, it discussed the barriers to home ownership and certainly housing inventory, high priced dairy, supply and demand challenges. Um, these are topics, obviously, lenders can't really control. But it also discusses the down payment issues, credit and student loan debt. Um, can you talk about what have been the efforts to address these issues? And what do you think has been the most impactful in improving home
1: ownership? So I think there's a lot of things that we have uh, that have been impactful, but um, I'm, I'm a big believer in um, one is that the down payment. Um, I really think that the ability to understand the challenges um, that are very deliberate within this um, is very impactful. So let's go with that example. And there's a lot of other things that we've been doing, but in my opinion, it's one of the, the major challenges um, so what we did uh, in our analysis is we, we wanted to look at how much money is needed for a mortgage-ready borrower w- at closing. So how we did in, uh, this analysis is we first looked because we, we saw the opportunity for middle income, right? So we took the middle income and we said, well, how much um, at 3% down payment, how much do they need for that? Um, And this is looking at where they live, not overall. And then we said, um, how much would the estimated closing cost be, the median, where they live? And then we said, well, you know, all the lenders want some skin in the game. So we said, well, let's do six months savings. And when we did this uh, last year, it was like 7.5 net savings because that's where the Bureau of Economic Analysis said was on the average. We now know that's a lot less. So the the savings will be less than our calculation. But we did this for um, by the different races. And we found that um, for black Americans, they still needed even after six months savings, almost $12,000 for median income. Um, And it went up to the AAPI community for over 18,300. The difference really is, um, for instance, the API community tends to live in the East and West Coast, more high cost areas. So this does vary based on where they live and that's why you're seeing such a different uh, variety within how much is needed. This is a lot for down payment where a lot of the savings for even six months is only about 2,500. So this is a huge, huge challenge, is to have the down payment. Um, we looked geographically, and the median cash to close really varies uh, substantially. Uh, it's around 6400 to all the way up to 42400 And keep in mind, this is a 3% down payment. You do see within the middle of the country, it's uh, you know, a lot less, like for instance, Wisconsin is around 12,400. Um, but when we looked at this over time, the cash to close actually increased $3,000 over the last year and a half, which is again, I told you six months savings was only around 2,500. So this is another big barrier that the, the Bar of the Futures had to overcome. So based on this research, Freddie is looking at ways that they can help solve for the down payment challenges. Uh, Freddie is building what we're calling DPA Down Payment Assistance One. It is a tool to help the borrower of the futures obtain assistance. So we know that nationwide, there's over 2,500 active down payment assistance programs. However, these programs are different, are very difficult to navigate for borrowers and and even for lenders. So approving and implementing down payment assistant one programs is resource and time intensive for lenders. Finding them and understanding is time consuming and increases the time to close on a mortgage transaction. So our DPA one tool will deliver a one-stop shop that maximizes down payment assistance utilization nationwide and increases incremental organization, um, originations by connecting and matching DPA1 programs, lenders, counselors, and borrowers. So while we are still in the product development stage, um, over the next uh, 12 months, Freddie will focus on helping Housing uh, professionals find and match DPA1 programs to their borrowers, thus reducing all the friction in the housing ecosystem based on the lack of centralized um, access to down payment assistance programs across the country. This is one of the examples, um, again, that I think Freddie is doing, being creative, innovative, and providing really impactful results in closing the homeownership gap.
0: Well, that's going to be fabulous. I can't wait to see that. So talk about what future trends do you see the agencies working on in addition that has really great promise and not normally thought, uh, not normally discussed?
1: Um, So what I would say is there are many minority mortgage-ready borrowers of the future that I showed in in the data, and we really need to connect with them. Uh, through our equity um, housing plan, we identified SPCPs as a valuable tool for addressing this homeownership gap for underserved uh, borrowers as well as communities. Freddie Mac's SPCP, um, we're calling it Borrow Smart Access, will assist traditionally underserved borrowers and communities by providing down payment assistance. Again, I'm a strong believer in having down payment, I think it's a huge barrier. And this really will help overcome one of again the largest barriers and obstacles. We're partnering with lenders to purchase their loan originated through their own uh, SPCs. So I do think um, going back to your question, this is one of the things that I think um, we're focusing on is this homeownership gap, and this is going to provide liquidity through these products, lenders to um, expand the impact that we. Um, that we're hoping to have within the, the industry.
0: So Cindy, do you have any final thoughts today? This has been really fabulous as far as closing the gap for home ownership that you really like to
1: make. Yes, um, and it's, so first of all, you can tell, I believe data drives change. Creating a story with data to understand the challenges and opportunities provides a strategy to, to really impact home ownership gap. Um, This is why we created the Mortgage Ready um, tool and report. And that's why we're updating it. This um, tool, it needs to be open to the public. And we're hoping to be able to have all of, you know, to lenders, the industry to use it. And I think this is a tool that will really help the homeownership gap, help understanding the challenges, where to look for them. So, again, uh, as a little plug, it's in freddiemack.com. Uh, And again, it's called the first Freddie Mac first time homebuyer affordability map, a novel approach to measure affordability for future borrowers Um, and look for our um, updated report. Uh, That's going to be hopefully in May or June. And again, Pat, I just want to thank you so much for inviting me for taking part in your podcast. I'm really pleased to participate. And um, this is a really important discussion. So thank you so much.
0: Cindy, thanks so much for sharing all of your research and all your wisdom. We really appreciate it. We'll have to have you come back when the other new tools are out because I think that they're very interesting to say the least. And I want to thank our listeners for spending time with us. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.